Welcome back to season two of Jive Performance. My name is Tom Shea, your host, the co-founder of Agile Media Group. Today, joined by my good friend Eli Weiss, uh, Senior Director of CX and Retention at Jones Road, a beauty brand founded by Bobby Brown. In addition to being a leader in the CX space, Eli has also has a notable podcast with Cody called Down to Chat, a newsletter called All Things CX and Retention. He also just reached a playbook with Gorgeous, I'm getting free, free sponsorship here, called CX Unlocked, taking a deep dive into the heart and soul of CX, unraveling the mission and vision of genuine CX excellence. Eli, welcome to Driving Performance. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate I'm, it. I'm excited. I think it's just been like, it, as you kind of read through all this stuff, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Exhausted? It's been, a, it's been a year or two or three, yeah. um, but it's exciting. It's like jumping, I jumped into beauty being like, I don't know anything about mascara. I know nothing about beauty. Right. And and what I learned over the last like couple of years is like a customer is a customer is a customer. And I'm sure that you're seeing that on, on the B2B side, but it's right. just, it's exciting to just see that. It's, yeah. It's same with core same. motivations and things like that. Yeah. yeah sort of hilarious. Uh, this episode is at the natural food and beverage expo and neither of us are in that category anymore. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this is true. I, uh, so the Expo Expo East, um, for those that don't know, is in Philly, or it's been in Philly for the last couple of years. Right. And I spent time at Olipop, and and you know it's Friday afternoon here, and I said, I, I, I how can I not see the new beverages? Right. Although I have zero to do with beverages. Yeah, right. So. And uh, the last Expo, any core memories as we send it off into the distance? We'll yeah. no longer have an excuse to come out here. You all have to I keep know. coming back to I New York. Know. This is true. I mean, food and beverage has been so much fun. I think that, you know, beauty is all different universe, but food and beverage is just like the, the ambiance, like the, the, the connections, the crew, it feels so small. Yeah, it does. Um, it just feels like a small crew where everyone knows everyone. I think we're seeing that in D to C like more broadly that like everyone knows everyone. Yeah. But food and beverage is, is, is just so much fun. I think in general, like any, any like CPG, like real products right. um, are so exciting. Cause like sell it to somebody, they eat it, they love it, they're happy. Tom, Tom First was the culture pop. Tom yeah. First was just on. He was like, the coolest part about this industry is the feedback is so instant. Where it's like, you taste it, you can get the reaction on their face. Yeah. You'll get the words yeah. within three seconds. Whereas yeah. a lot of other categories, it's like these long cycles. Just, you know, he's talking about his business, allowed him to move fast, iterate quick, the importance of demos yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, uh, this industry is the best. But, um, why don't I quickly introduce the format of the podcast as we are in a glorious truck. Uh, there will be a few stops along today's route. First stop, we're going to dive into your background, upbringing, uh, family life, and all of the experiences that led you to Jones Road. Then let's jump deep into Jones Road, talk about the CX thought leadership, um, as many hot takes as we can squeeze in in a single episode. And then we'll conclude with a game we call the Hot Box, which is a rapid uh, this or that style question game it modeled off the hot seat and then we'll uh wrap and go back to eating free samples sound good done yeah all right it. let's do it all right so um stop one background origin story you have one of the more interesting upbringings i think i'll let you speak to it um but you've sort of lived in a lot of different places have a massive family um so tell us about early years ui yeah wow uh I grew up number two of 10, and I've shared the story a couple of times in the past, but I, I think what's what's been interesting about my upbringing is not many people from the universe that I grew up in kind of make it out into the corporate world in right. the way that I have. I think it's been interesting, kind of didn't graduate high school traditionally, got my GED in my 20s, uh, never went to college, 
and, and most kind of people that grow up in the universe, like grow up and kind of like get a job with their uncle's company or their cousin, For sure. jump in like something in the, in, in the neighborhood. Um, I started traveling with points and miles, uh, as an early 20 year old, uh, found the points guy.com. And I was like, wait, what you can travel for free. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years later, had a few million miles and started traveling. So we manufacture spending. Yes. Let's yes. Go. Yes. This is, this is way back when, when things were easier. Are we doing like the Walmart, like a cash no, order thing? It was, it was more so, well, like, I don't know if I should be talking about gray areas on the podcast, but I think what was exciting back then was that in general, like the, the idea of churning credit cards, which is now like a little bit more foreign because right. you know, Chase has a very notorious five five twenty four rule, which is basically you can't get five new cards in 24 right. months across all companies. Back then you were able to get like six cards in one day and then three months later get another six cards. So at, at my prime, I had like 40 something credit cards Holy and a credit score of like eight something, like Let's eight, go. 10 or eight, 15. How many do you have now? Um, probably 20. Wow, right. I still I still travel a lot with points, but back then it was like growing up in a huge family, we didn't have a ton of money. Totally, yeah. It was a, an ability for me to travel. So I saw like twenty something countries in my in my early twenties and then kind Are your of, parents just like shook as this playing out? My parents were excited because I went to Israel. Okay. And as a as a Jewish boy it was exciting right. that I went to sort of study. Um I lasted like thirty minutes and then started traveling, but I, they didn't know a ton. Uh, yeah. And and I was going with friends and we had a blast and, and fast forward, you know, I went back to Israel, got excited about living in a foreign country and lived there on and off for four years and had no job and would basically come back to the States, work for a couple of months as like a chief of staff or right. like working at my uncle's kitchen company. Right. Uh, would make a couple of grand, go back to Israel, live for six months with that money and come back. It was a, a wild world. Awesome. I, I jumped into this luggage company in Israel and I was doing everything. I was doing ops, I was doing logistics, I was doing Amazon ads and Facebook ads yeah. and all that fun stuff and kind of doing everything. And four years later, moved back to the States. Uh, my wife started school here and then was like, I need a job. Right. And turns out applying for, I want to do everything at your company wasn't a move. Uh, <laughs> for staff, yeah, sort of, kind of. basically. So I jumped into CX because it was like the only, it felt like a niche that I was excited about. Right. The, the math I did in my head is like, there are so many things I'm decently good at. What's the thing that feels the easiest? Like okay. what's the thing that I can do in the morning with like half my brain and still be better than most? Yeah. And that was CX for me. Like, Opsa was like another Excel sheet. Like, yeah. oh my God. I had the same calculation. I was like, I was doing computer science. I was like, I am like lower quartile in this arena. Like, what am I top quartile in? Right. But I, I like the framing of like, what's something that I can wake up and do easily? Because in right. general, as an industry, we're like so obsessed with hustle. And what's like the, like, if you like pain, like, what's the most painful thing to do? Like, right. What's the like, What's the most brutally difficult thing to do versus like, what's something I'm naturally pretty good at? Right. And like what people struggle with for me feels easy. So jumped into that and then kind of the rest is history. Jumped into you know, Nugs very early on, which was called Simulate afterwards. Yep. And then yep. Olipop very early. So it was there for almost two years. And then again, I like pain. So I was like, let me relearn something in an entirely new industry, which brought me to Jones Road. Got it. Um, but that's my, my long, my, uh, my yeah. long story. Why do you think CX comes so naturally? I think in general, I'm, I'm a really obnoxiously difficult customer. Um, I, like when, I like when things are easy. I feel like the, the idea of like working hard for money and spending it and not getting something you were promised drives me insane. Right. And I think it's really, really easy for me to jump into the customer's shoes, which yeah. is like, okay, if I was a customer, what would I want? And I yeah. really early on, I was like, you can just tell me you're sorry and I'd yeah. be done. Instead, you're like, we apologize, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, it feels pre-recorded. It feels fake. Right. So something like that was like, if you take accountability, even though it's not your fault, you say like, I'm so sorry for X. Totally. Um, that itself was like 
okay, people are actually very happy with that for right. me taking accountability and not saying... There's a human here. Right. And that just felt easy. And then I think outside of that, it's... I think I have a higher dose of empathy, um, which as a kid made me really emotional emotional teenager. But right. as an adult, I think it's it's like a... You just, you just feel things that maybe other people don't. Yeah. I um, Something I took from my first career at McMaster Park... Uh, I always thought it was fascinating. They had all these like pillars, right? You know, big corporate company. And one was recover gracefully. And so the, the way they explained the importance of recovering gracefully is they took psychology studies and said, this is the baseline level of happiness when everything goes right in a CX flow. When something goes wrong, it dips. But if you recover gracefully, it actually lands in a place that's higher than it was if nothing went wrong in the first place. And I always thought that was like the most fascinating study. And that's something I've obviously brought into our life uh, with Agile. But um, I think shows, you know, puts on display the power of CX. I remember being like, can we, can we arbitrage that? Like, yeah. So <laughs> in the in the like more like CX universe, it's called the service recovery, service recovery paradox. Okay. Which is oh, essentially, it has a name? Yeah. Right. Which is essentially like if you mess up, and you fix it, people like you more than if you didn't mess up and you right. didn't fix it. And yeah, it totally. An interesting idea of like, how can we how can we arbitrage that? Yeah. yeah so um, before we get into Jones Road, um, distinguish CX versus retention. I feel like that line's blurred a lot. It's both of them are in the title, and we'll we'll talk about that. But how do you think of them differently, or do you think of them similarly? I think that one is kind of more left brain and one is more right brain. I think like CX is, is a very straightforward, like how do I make sure we're delivering an optimal customer experience across the journey? What's the expectation we're setting? How do we, how do we elevate that? Something that's come up recently, I was, I was doing a call with somebody the other day and they were talking about return rates. And like, how do we, how do we massively decrease our return rate? And I say, well, let's think about it very linearly, right? Like if somebody buys a product and then says, I don't like it, I'm returning it. Yeah. Either you sold it incorrectly or the product's garbage, which in your case is not possible because you have like 80% of people are keeping it. Right. Or there's, there's somewhere across the journey where you oversold it or didn't provide enough support or attention, et cetera. Right. And I think that's CX. Like that's a good example of like what CX is, is like I'm looking across the journey and saying like, how can we fix it? Part of that is support piece. Retention is, is, can be viewed holistically, but a lot of it is more data and, and understanding customer life cycle and like how can I send the right message at the right time to keep engaging them and make sure they come back. Yeah. Um, I think that as an industry, we viewed retention as like life cycle marketing. Right. Right. Like LTV analysis. Which is like a small piece of like, yeah, if you send the right email, they'll probably buy again. But like product is a big part of retention, which like the email marketer can't fix. Right. So I think it's 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 probably because I like pain that I have both in my title. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're very different they're pretty, parts yeah, they're very brain. different i think at some point in time we'll probably in the retention that's been newer with this role would you say retention has been you know i came from a cx universe retention was always part of the thing i was excited about right I, the, the reason why i push to get cx to get cx and retention um is because i get bored really quickly and i wanted to continue challenging myself right. and it was a lot it was a lot of learning for me yeah um learning about you know kind of like modeling and forecasting and spreadsheets were things that like excel was never my friend so yeah so i thought all... what happened to doing things you can do in your sleep yeah i think i think it's it's great until until you get bored <laughs> you're like i just want a challenge and, yeah and part of it was jumping into beauty right i think like i could have easily gone from my success at olipop to like right another, jump into another food, next, be yeah. food beverage world and i love the idea of trying something different but also something that i knew zero about right um, and being able to learn like every 
you know, product we sell. We have a ton of SKUs and understanding like, what about mascara can somebody absolutely hate? Yeah. And what sure. about like, you know, and, and then educating on that, yeah. which is, it's been challenging as hell, but exciting. Awesome. All right. So let's uh, stop to, let's jump into Jones Road a little bit. So first off, how'd you get to Jones Road and how would you describe Jones Road in your own words? Yeah. I mean, Jones is, is really kind of like Bobby's journey, you know, like she started, uh, as a, as a young makeup artist and as she continued growing in her career, um, she was looking for something that worked for her um, and, and something that was very high quality. Um, and that's kind of what, when she started Jones a couple of years back. Uh, Jones Road is, is, for me, was interesting because it's truly her. It's right. like the things that she's wearing, the things that she's creating. Um, I got to Jones because I connected with uh, I connected with Cody, who is the CMO, who's Bobby's son. Uh, we connected on Twitter as friends for a while. And Cody might remember the story, but he essentially reached out to me and said, hey, we're looking for a director of CX. And I said, cool, let me keep you in mind if I see anything. And then two weeks later, he says, we're still looking. And I said, I will let you know if somebody's interested. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, you're yeah. an idiot. I'm trying to hire you. <laughs> um, and then we kind of started talking and, love it. and, and ended up being really excited about the opportunity. I think they've, they've grown kind of like that and that's always exciting and challenging. Yeah, so um, let's talk about that role. I think one thing that's interesting and perhaps new as I think of the life cycle, obviously we're, there were retail elements that were material and legitimate about the other ventures that you were part of. This is owned retail. I feel like that opens up a whole like new arena um in the cx game so what has that been like when where are the stores again new york city hamptons new york city hamptons and jersey jersey um, and we have a counter in liberty london um yeah wow i uh i joined and you know the first week i started i went into the stores and i was enamored by the idea of like having everything like top to bottom fully vertically integrated it's like right. all it's all jones um and like you said it comes with a lot of beauty and it comes with challenges like the pros are if you have negative feedback in store, if that happened at a counter in Bloomingdale's, probably won't get to you. Right. If it happens in a Jones Road store, we have their email. We're sending them a survey. We're getting that information. And yeah, it's been first fun. Party data. Yeah, it's been fun and challenging to kind of like, you know, a retail team is is generally different than a CX team. Right. It's a different personalities. But it's been, we've done like a lot of CX training. Like and, and yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. like trying to translate the learnings I have online to retail. Whereas I know I wouldn't last a half hour uh, in yeah. detail. Yeah, for uh, but sure. But there are parts, right, that you can transfer. Yeah. All right. So uh, want to talk about the evolution of CX. So you're obviously a massive influence and thought leader in the space. I want to talk about some of the, the different things you've been working on. But I think on a personal basis, I'm really curious about the rise of AI. And I think I've heard you have some strong opinions on, I don't know, like, the diminishing marginal utility and like I, I think about it a lot like when everything when a best practice feels like a best practice it's no longer a best practice anymore and i think you have a nice counterculture take on that rise so i'd love to hear it i think my my hot take we'll, we'll do the hot take and then we'll kind of cool. get a little bit more uh, uh you know we'll, we'll die we'll click in a little bit my hot take is it's coming for growth roles before it's coming for cx okay like the fact that humans are like buying bids and caps and, and all right. that on facebook ads is it, when facebook has millions of data points around the customer etc like we're, we're heading directionally towards like just give facebook money and they'll buy the they'll buy the ads that's my hot take is like cx like 
the level of empathy you need to kind of like deeply understand, read between the lines right. is, is probably, and again, AI is going to get there. There will right. be a time where like AI can genuinely understand sentiment and understand tone and understand customer journey and fully get everything and answer in three seconds. It'll be better than any human could. I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. Now, what, what, what AI today, tomorrow, the next day is, is straightforward. Like the idea that where's my order? Uh, what's your return policy? Like basic generic questions, get that out of the way, have AI right. tackle those and have humans kind of step up and do like the surprise and delight, read right. between the lines, do the crazy fun stuff. But I think we'll get there. But when a brand says like, I'm 99% AI and then a tweet tomorrow says like, I'm obsessed with CX, I think that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, what tools do you find yourself using in CX? So I'm sure some of the people are like, you know, I understand the value, would love to be better at it. Um, and I know there's not like a quick fix or silver bullet that everyone's looking for, right? It takes efficiency is what kills performant CX. But um, what do you find yourself relying on leaning into as you think of that role in those customer journeys? I think the most complex part of CX is understand, like getting and understanding and synthesizing feedback across the customer journey. So like we've, we've often do, done like the, oh, we got an NPS survey and this is what they said and everything's broken versus yeah. like, you also want to talk to people that didn't purchase your product, right. right? You also want to talk to people that went retail. Like, I think that's my number one is like, how can we collect a lot of information and then like really get sentiment, not just like a lot of noise. Yeah. Um, as a as a leader, I think I've always been like very, very tool light because I think tools are generally a crutch for you to use your brain less in terms of like you have 35 tools, dive in and talk to your customer like a person on <laughs> right. a Zoom call. Right. Um, but and in general, I've always worked at companies that weren't spending a hundred thousand dollars a year on tools. So I right. probably Taking less, scrap less a little of bit a more. dive, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like if I had to choose like a few tools, I think if you if you're processing a lot of returns, you probably want to use a returns tool. Um, you probably want a decent help desk and not use Gmail. Right. You probably want to like instead of saying NPS is BS or whatever, think of a way to survey that makes sense. You probably want a surveying tool. You probably want a reviews tool. Right. I mean, like I think keeping it pretty basic is probably is probably important than like looking for the tool that's going to fix your problem. Like awesome. if, you, if you have pissed off customers, like a tool is not. The thing. Yeah. All right. So I want to switch gears a little bit. And I think people look at CX retention sometimes in like a defensive posture. However, I think what's lost on a lot of people is using it with an offensive posture. Um, those are hard words to use, but upselling is sort of where I'm going with that, where it's not just like, oh, we're like trying to save face or like fix mistakes. There's also this entire part of the role in the world where it can be used as revenue generation and, and contribute to the bottom line. So what are your thoughts on upselling and how people do it effectively? It's a good question. If you look at the space, right, you look at SaaS, right? SaaS is customer success. You look at the, the behemoths in the space, they're just straight selling. Right. They're hardly worried about like, you get in a call with your CSM at a large SaaS company, the first thing they're like, oh, I see you use X, Y, and use Y as well, upselling, cross-selling, et cetera. You look at D2C and it's entirely the other extreme. It's like, oh, your order's messed up, let me fix it. Yeah. We've gone like that instead of finding somewhere in the middle. I think ideally when, when you think about like as a customer, right? Like what makes you want to spend more money with a brand? I don't know, for starters, I get what I paid for. Right. 
for for I, number two would be like I'm enjoying the experience so far. Right. So I think there's probably like a thoughtful for us at Jones. It's like we're gonna upsell harder when somebody purchased a bunch of stuff and left a positive review versus the person that purchased once and didn't purchase in six months. It's probably right. not the person to push a bunch of upselling at. Yeah. So I think when when you when you're strategic about it, that's and and how does CX play a role in that? It's like when somebody reaches out and says like, Hey, I love this product. Thanks for helping me get shade match. You're like, right. Oh, cool. You might want to check out A, B, and C. But yeah. being thoughtful and strategic is kind of where where it goes from like this is annoying and and sketchy to like, oh, that's exactly what I was looking for. So this like concierge shopping model, right? Like your your Nordstrom guy or gal right. that's like, oh, you like this? Check out that. But yeah, yeah, like oh, you have oily skin. Like right. here we have something right. that's coming available. Right. You know, make them feel it's like human. you've been heard. It's human. <clears throat> it's thoughtful. It's understanding where you are in your journey and i think that's if i had to look at SaaS versus uh v to c i think they're both off yeah i think we probably have to find somewhere in the middle got it all right so a lot of people look up to you for cx inspiration i want to know who do you look up for or people you admire and respect in the same space um i mean there there are a lot of fantastic players in cx i think that as as a whole we've gone from this like old school like the CX, like, I don't know if you want to even call them like influencers, like the people that have written the books and the people that have written all this stuff, like right. they're 20, 30, 40 years old, these books, like the playbooks that you're reading about like customer service are decades old written by people in their 60s, 70s, yeah, 80s. Yeah, it's not relevant anymore. Your customers are 15 and 25. Right. So I think there's there's a huge generational divide. I think there, I mean, there's so many great CX people. There's my, Mike from Figs is a great friend of mine. You know, Jess from Feastables, Zoe from Chomps. I mean, there there are so many fantastic players that have like taken what I've done and and gone way past it. And I yeah. think it's it's also fun to see the in the last like I don't know five years, like CX and D 2 C has become a talking point. Totally. It never was you know how yeah. hard it was for me to get a job in CX <laughs> in 2020. Yeah. I think we're seeing a shift. Awesome. Yeah. Um, want to talk about some of the other things you've been working on? So yeah, down to chat with Cody which is a great podcast. Tune in. Um, let's talk about all things CX. That's sort of new. Uh, how's that been going? It's already yeah. it's, it's grown like crazy. Yeah, I well, thank you. I think I've, I've always loved the idea of I'm very passionate about things. I'm also extremely introverted. Like right. I always rather be in my house and leave the house. Always, right. period, full stop. And the idea of like, as an introvert, it felt so exciting that people were interested in CX and it was fun to be able to like tweet about it and not right. have to like, get on a round table, hop on a podcast, like all those things. Exactly. That it takes a lot out of me. <laughs> yeah. And the newsletter, thank you. The <laughs> newsletter was like this, like, Hey, there's an idea where you can like sit in a corner right. or in a coffee shop, write the things that you're passionate about. Right. Anyone that reads the newsletter that knows me says like, it feels like you're screaming at me. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's, it's me talking and putting it into words. It's, it's my passion. It's my life. And starting it, I asked a few people and they're like, you won't be able to keep it going long. You won't be able to grow it. You won't be able to this. Like there's, there's always so much uh, positivity when you're starting something <laughs> right. new, which is a pleasure. Um, and the idea was like, I was seeing people do it on the growth side. And that's right. like, we've seen a ton of growth newsletters. We've seen a ton of like media buying newsletters. We've seen a ton of, I don't know, across the space, but CX was never spoken about. Right. And, and it I, also wasn't a role. Yeah. And I <laughs> tweeted like, hey, if I started writing about CX, would anyone be interested? And then got a ton of great engagement and then said, hey, would anyone be interested in sponsoring it? Because for me, the idea of like not having to charge a customer, but motivation to keep going was exciting. Right. And my friends at Wonderment were like, we're in whatever it is for six, we're in. And it's been like 
75 weeks since then. And it's, yeah, it's grown like 10,000 subscribers. Man, epic. Yeah, it's just, it, for me, it's like, honestly, the most exciting thing to be able to sit in a corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scream at people. I think the best <laughs> analog is like, I remember growing up, someone like insults you and then like, Three days later, you're like, oh, I just came up with the best comeback. And you're like, damn it, I'm too yeah, late. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like, I'm, I'll read tweets about like, hey, I just X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I'm going to wait till Thursday. <laughs> right? it's, it's so much fun. And it's, it's a way for me to kind of like share the things that I'm excited about, the work we're doing at Jones, the work I'm doing outside of Jones, be able to share that with people that are, it started as like CX. And then it was like CX and retention learnings. Right. And now it's like just, I mean, readers across, you know, yeah. marketing in cpg broadly but also across SaaS and across you know b2b and it's it's fun it's, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun and then cx unlocked i think it builds on top of that um distills the learnings into a essential resource but that's new how's yeah. that been going just launch right yeah so it's like i've been writing this newsletter for like i don't know a year and a bit and gorgeous reached out to me and they were like you have so many nuggets split across so many weeks nobody first of all like when you started you had a thousand subscribers now you have ten thousand yeah so they, all people, the, they all missed the core it. lessons you're not going to rewrite it because there are a thousand people that are still getting the first ones like is there any way we can work to kind of take consolidate the most important things and i'm like there is zero chance i'm going through 75 newsletters and I'm like no we'll do it so they spent tens of hours kind of going through every single newsletter from zero to 70. So you mean chat GPT spent somebody tens of hours? <laughs> somebody went through and they, and they kind of like, we worked together on, on kind of reading the original draft and right. made some updates and some comments, but it's, it's a 46 page doc that is, you know, tens of thousands, it could have been tens of thousands of words condensed. Um, and it's, it's honestly what I was looking for coming right. into this. I was like, all these books are, are dinosaurs what do I have to know about like CX today? Um, and it's been the goal and it's, it was downloaded, you know, tens of thousands of times and people are loving it. And it's just, again, a way for me to give without having to leave my house. Yeah. I feel that. Um, so wrapping up here, I think as we reflect on your career, a lot of just like bold moves, leaps of faith and the conclusion, the end story is great, but you know, as you're going through it, it's, uh, Conclusion is I should have been a VC because <laughs> these were good choices. They were good choices, actually. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking about building businesses or scaling businesses. Um, what advice would you give to your former self or to folks, um, you know, potentially in a similar, similar role that you were a couple years back? I think every role I took, when I took it, people were like, this is kind of nuts. Like I, I started in a luxury. So that's how you figure out if it's the right move. Right? No, it, it was, and it, it's, it's, you know, looking back, it was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. It was less calculated, more serendipitous. It right. was like me feeling like I was invigorated and excited about a place. And, and I'd be remiss to say that like luck doesn't play a huge role here. Like 100%. jumping into Olipop when there were 15 employees and they were in like 50 stores in NorCal wasn't me knowing they're going to pop off. I never tried the product before I joined. Yeah. Um, it was me feeling like they were excited about the things I was excited about. And Jones was similar. It was like with Jones, I was further in my career. I knew Bobby Brown is, is, you know, is an A player. I knew there's a celebrity right, right. component here, but also like they were a lot smaller when I joined, but it was, I, I think going with my gut, I'm like, I do, I do consistently take 
outrageous decisions in terms of like you're already doing one thing well why like yeah. if you're Start if you're good over. at cx why make retention part of your title if you know you can totally mess that up and 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 not do well so there's a part of it i think i'm like an entrepreneur without the risk tolerance right so i i try to risk in a nine to five um but i, I think love that. i like yeah, that if somebody's listening i think there's going with your gut is a real 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 thing yeah i think working with good people is more important than like if, if somebody's offering you an extra three thousand dollars and you don't need the money choose a place that's valuing you that appreciates what you're bringing because i think what i realized is like we, we think of work as like oh it's 40 hours a week like newsflash if you're in a startup it's a lot more than 40 hours a week it's a it's a huge part of your life yeah and if it sucks, yeah. uh, you'll probably it's not gonna last. Quite, a, you'll probably struggle quite a bit. Yeah. All right. So a lot of cool, different um, iterations of Eli. Last question: What's next for Eli? Are we oh, get, are we gonna get a B two B? Are we gonna get a B two B phase of life ever? We the might. Pe the people want to know. We might. I think. I think the exciting thing for me is just continuing to challenge myself. I. I. You know. I was. I was saying this before I started Jones. I said like, maybe I mess around and go to SaaS. Maybe I mess around and go to hospitality. I would love to work at an airline at some point. Uh, maybe hotels. Dude. I think there's. I think the beauty of of careers and life in general is that it's so long. Like you know, we we consistently feel like, oh my god, time's passing, time's passing. But right. in today's day and age, where people don't stay at companies for thirty years like our dads did, and people stay for like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, right. there's an ability to have multiple careers. And yeah. and I've I've read a book about this recently that I can't remember. Um, you know, Range by David Epstein is also a good book about like actually understanding that you're you, you can have more than one career because you might be good at more than one thing. You can okay. still focus yeah. on one That's thing fair. at a time. But we might we might. Yeah, um, man, hospitality. Yeah. Talk about a place that could use some CX love. I love it. Like I, right, another I love, challenge. love love hotels and I as a customer. I can walk into a hotel and be like, oh my gosh, this would have been so easy right. and cost you nothing. And I would have felt so happy. Yeah. So I think the, the hard part is going with going in with humility. Like me, you know, I did well at Olipop, but right. I went into Jones and I knew nothing. Right. And it's really important to stay humble and be like, I need to bring in a lot of humility because I know nothing about this industry. Awesome. And I think that I can probably bring some stuff from there to here, but if I did go, like, if I did do B2B, right? B2B is so wildly, I mean, customers are customers, but it's so wildly different because right. you're not pitching to your customer. You're pitching somebody that's signing a $40,000 contract. Right. That's surprising to lights games. It's Way different. different. Right. You're buying big bottles of brandy. Instead, right. Yeah. <laughs> instead real. of sending blankets. But, yeah. um, all right. Well, stop three. Yeah. It's the hot box. Okay. You ready? I'm, I'm born ready. Yeah. Let's do it. Cold plunger hot tub. Hot tub. I, I, I like pain in, in, in my work life, but <laughs> not I, after hours. Yeah, no, no cold plunge. Beach house or ski house? Beach. I, uh, I've never skied. All right. That's never. an easy one. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Sunrise or sunset? Uh, it was sunset until I had a kid. There you go. <laughs> and now I don't have a choice. <laughs> it's always D, sunrise. D2C or DTC? Oh, gosh. It, it's a DTC. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Neat or messy? Uh, neat. Corgi or golden retriever? Uh, probably golden retriever. Tennis or golf? Oh God, these are harder than I thought because I I'm you don't get to read both. them. Yeah, you yeah. don't get to read them before either. Probably tennis. Okay, pineapple pizza or candy corn? Candy corn. Yeah, spooky yeah. season. Yeah. Live music or DJ? I'm a live music kind of kind of guy. Sweet snacks or salty snacks? Always sweet. Always sweet. Yeah. Call or text? 
Um, I'm a text kind of guy. I, yeah. think, I think us introverts like time to think it's, about it. Almost everyone has said text this season. Yeah. Reading or writing? Uh, that's a good one. That is a very good one. I, I like I like writing. I like to be able to yeah. talk so to just myself. Keep consuming whatever's yeah. next. I I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. But I, I'm a I've spent Wait, a lot of years. That's a separate question. Uh, We're almost at the I podcast have, one. I have spent a lot of years reading a lot. Like I had like three years that I was reading like fifty books a year. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like I've been through all the self help. Favorite books. book? Um The Subtle Art of Not Giving a There you go. Yeah. We'll we'll bleep out the curse with a truck yeah. horn. <laughs> um where was it work remote or work on site i'm a remote guy i get so distracted in office yeah i i can't keep up um twitter linkedin instagram or tiktok twitter dancing or people watching people watching cocktails or beers cocktails give up bread for life or give up cheese for life you have some easy ones but you have a lot of hard ones i mean i'd give up as we before- look as we look at the mozzarella sticks, I'm a, I'm a carb there. guy. There's there's no chance. You giving up cheese? Up, yeah, there's no chance. Wow, you're sick. Carbs. Yeah. Um, yeah. board games or video games? Uh, board games. No one said video games. That was such an easy one yeah, for me. Video yeah. games all the way. Fifty dollars on red or black? Oof. Uh, I'm going red. Start early, leave late. Start early. I don't think anyone said leave late last season either. Fiction or nonfiction? Uh, I'm going to go nonfiction. Okay. Playlists or podcasts? Podcasts. Speak to animals or speak 10 languages? Jeez. 10 languages. I'm I'm three, so I'm a third, almost a third in. Yeah, but like, I, like I don't languages. know, the animals one's pretty wild. I don't really have a, a close relationship to animals. I'm, right. more, of a, I'm more of a speak 10 <laughs> that languages. I could become like Pokemon then, though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, telepathy or teleportation? Wow. Probably telepathy. All right. Trucks yeah. or billboards? I mean, stop. Good news or bad news first? Always bad news first. All right, well, the bad news is we have come to the oh, end God. of our route. He's throwing me Eli, off. this was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate Thanks for it. Having me. Um, wanted to give you a chance to tell the audience where can they learn more about you? They can book you on Mentor Pass. They got a ton of projects. Um, yeah. Where can they learn more about Jones Road? Yeah, well, Jones Road is jonesroadbeauty.com. Um, my newsletter is is honestly like don't book me on mentor pass just read the newsletter uh <laughs> i i it's i have no time in my day but i the newsletter is is my labor of love and i i i love doing it so much so it's eli weiss with an extra s.com so e-l-i-w-e-i-s-s-s.com it's the same eli weiss on on twitter um and yeah i mean if you ever you can always just shoot me a dm if if there's anything that i can help with boom that's a wrap 